What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. This is Danny. And together we're exploring the Book of Mark. Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning messages as we explore what this book is trying to teach us. And today we have a bunch of parables. The parable of sower, a lamp under a basket, the seed growing, the famous mustard seed parable, and one special story, Jesus calming the storm. Yes, we are in it. We are in chapter four. Before we get to the content today, this is an exciting day for us. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know it. Yeah, we've always talked about uh, this podcast not being about you and I. It's about Mm -hmm. bringing guests on. And today we have a very special guest, Derek. Woo! Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Derek Cobb right there. (laughs) Thanks for the intro, guys. And uh, yeah, I've been been going to DCC uh, since about uh, late 2016, well, 2017, and uh, me and my family, and uh, we just really love the culture of DCC and just how, you know, everybody's like really real um, oh. <laughs> and authentic. And, and that's just like a really cool thing. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm just really excited here today to, to be here and, and, and uh, just be able to talk with you guys and like learn. I mean, learn and share. And I think the, the best thing about it is that, um, you know, we don't have it all figured out, but mm. that we're kind of figuring that Sam out as we do. <laughs> Whatever, I got it all figured out, boys. You need a conversation? Let me know. But you, you're right, Derek. We don't, we don't have uh, everything figured out, and I think a plurality of voices in our lives can help us grow and mature in the image of Jesus. I think that's important. Of something we were even talking earlier before we start recording here, sharpening iron, sharpening iron. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I love that. And I, I think that, you know, where, you know, each of us lack, right, we can kind of see that then finally once we have these conversations, you know, and that's yeah. why these conversations mean so much. Um, so this, yeah. thanks for having me here today. Well, yeah. uh, we appreciate the cops. We appreciate your family, all that you do, uh, all the areas you volunteer, the leadership you show. Uh, you are part of us. And so... DCC must hear some of their leaders outside yeah, of Sunday yeah. morning stuff, so that's good. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Derek didn't mention that he this is not his first foray into podcast. Oh yeah, I do it as a hobby a little bit. Um, yeah, I have a little fun with that on the side, and it's it's been a, a real joy. Um, just uh, talking wisdom with one of my friends, and uh, he's you know him and I used to have these conversations, you know maybe offline, but it helped us have a little more structure and have a little fun with it. So. We try to get our friends and family in on it, you know, so that we can, I don't know, just uh, just trying to pursue some growth, you know. So. Yeah, man, it's exciting. I've listened to your podcast. I've definitely learned a lot from it. I've even applied a few things from it, too, as well. So I really appreciate what you're doing there. Oh, it's very humbling. That. I appreciate that, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to jump into text today. Sure. sure. The, the first parable is the parable of the sower or whatever the word is there. And, and it starts this way, and again, he began to teach besides the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. I, I, just, I just love the fact that Jesus is always teaching, and people is always ready to listen to it. I mean, he's, he's, and this is a very interesting uh, parable here. Uh, give me your guys' takes on it. Come on. Well, before before we dive into like decoding and unpacking the package, I just want to ask maybe Derek you can speak on this. What what is a parable? Like you've we've heard of this before. What is a parable? Yeah, I mean it's it's you know 
you know, humans tell stories, right? I mean, I think they tell stories so that they can encode lessons in there. And I think it's interesting why we tell stories and why we have questions about those stories, and that's how we kind of grow, right? Um, it's it. The thing about a parable is a little bit of a setup for me in my mind. You know, it's like you know you're being set up, but you're okay with it. <laughs> and you set these things up also that people can kind of you're like, well, if they if they get this part, then they'll learn this, and if they get this part, they'll learn this. And I don't know. So I always found that very fascinating. And honestly, the first place that I ever experienced that as a kid or whatever, right, was through the parables, hearing about that right from the Bible. You know, it's, you don't really, you know, have a lot of parables in American culture, maybe so much as, like, at least not some, something so overt, you know? I can't think back to say, well, you know, George Washington had a parable or something. You know what I'm saying? No, Um, no, I definitely get what you're saying. I like, I like that because you're right. It's about stories and, and, I think parable in the time that they were talking about, it was a way of commu- it's a way of teaching, right? Yeah. To your point, like yeah. if you get this lesson, you'll get the next one. If you get this one, you get the next one. And uh, you know, I've always thought of a parable as like a, a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. You know, mm-hmm. or maybe I have it backwards, but I, I think somewhere along those lines. It's uh, Sammy, you're itching to get in there. Oh no, I'm just saying like uh, the the I love what you said about uh, you know we tell stories. Uh, uh, but w- uh, while you're saying is, I, I I thought about this idea that we tell stories because stories draw draws people in. Yeah, it brings you right into the into the story, and then uh, makes you participate on what uh, you're talking about because you have to be engaged in order to understand the parable. Mm-hmm. You can't be disengaged, or else you'll never get the meaning out of it. Yeah, and and and, and the parables for me. Uh, it's something that I have learned long ago. The parables is like codes, right? Like there are codes that uh, there are mind codes. There are things that, like in Brazil, growing up, there was a lottery. There was a lottery that people played, and the lottery was numbers, but the numbers were animals. So if you did not, so they would say hieroglyphics. They are. No, they will tell you the name, the animals, and the animals will, will mean the numbers. Mm. So. It's the same thing with the parables in, in many ways is that like there is a specific language that was spoken that you have to know in order to be engaged. And when you know that language and when that language engages your brain, then you're able to process it, understand it, and then apply it to your life. I don't know if I make sense in there. No, yeah, you totally do. I mean, I think you it's symbols, right? So, you, you know, the, the most memorable way to kind of re- recall something is like a sequence of symbols. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, this, this, this. Right, and I think the, the most, uh, I would say, uh, you know, uh, whether it's you, you, know, you go to Disney or you go to anywhere with a parking lot, right, and you're like, well, I'm in Orange 10. That's <laughs> <laughs> forget Orange 10. Oh, it's just weird, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, that's unique. That's special. And I think that's one of the reasons why stories just jump out of you, you know, right? And you, in, in these parables, really specifically, there are some specific elements. What, why, you know, I mean, if you jump into it, why is this guy sewing yeah, in these right. specific areas? Does he have a hole in his bag? Or, or <laughs> is stuff leaking out? Like, what's going on here? And we just is it that to careless back? and throwing s- <clears throat> I mean, I have yeah. asked, people ask me that before. So I thought, is this parable the guy was so... Careless that he was just throwing seed yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Seed costs money, yeah. you know, and there's yeah. energy that being spent. There's right. money being spent. Like if it is in the rocks, like everybody knows, you don't just don't throw it in the rocks. So like, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, and you use empathy on the the farmer here or the sower, right? Yeah. And you're, 
you know, you can come up with, you know, uh, you know, a real understanding of, you know, it starts to really cement if you, st- you know, let's say you put yourself in the sewer shoes, right? Yeah. So I always so, think that's interesting. So I think that's really good because you get, we, we kind of give the context of a parable. So sure. we kind of have that as a backdrop of what we're going to talk about. So let's get into the details of this parable then. So, so, we'll, so summarize uh, the parable of the sower. Me? Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll summarize it to you. Uh, that was a sower guy, and he just go out throwing seed everywhere. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. What else do I mean to say? <laughs> but I think, I think the, for me, the, for the, the can we all, I, I think most of us uh, know this story, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the sower went out, and he sowed the, the seeds in different uh, grounds, different contexts, and some grew, some didn't grow. Uh, yeah. For different reasons, so uh, some of the thorns uh, choked up, the other one the heat so, yeah. uh, killed but, it, and uh, the the idea there is that uh, the purpose of the seed was not accomplished. Yeah, and I, and the reason why I asked that question about this parable specifically because in this parable, I don't know if you guys noticed this, this is the only one that's explained in the chapter. I did notice that, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's that's such a cool thing, and I. I I thought about that a lot, actually, as I was, you know, kind of reading over it again yeah. and again, you know, and, and I was like, wow, that's, there's something very special about this, this, uh, you know, sequence of, per, per, what is it, pericope? Pericope. Okay, I'm, I'm, that's the, that's literally the first time I ever heard that. <laughs> I don't know why, but as a Christian, you know, I've been a Christian in a while, but that's the first time I ran across that word. So anyway, full disclosure. Did you dis- did you Google it? Did you? Did I you could not it? Google it because I couldn't spell the pronunciation. <laughs> oh, that okay, I all had right. <laughs> yeah, I that's, had, yeah, that's the secret. <laughs> I, I, Say I, it wrong I, enough I that actually, nobody can Google it. Yeah, I actually had to ask Danny like how you spell it because the way it was being said, you yeah. know, I just did it unintelligible. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you know, seriously though, like, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a good word, and it's a way, to, a great way of uh, you know saying, well, a little capsule of scripture there, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But these like sequence of things, like, I love that 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 Jesus took the time to jump in there and be like, okay, you hear what I just said, right? Yeah, he parses um, it out for them. Yeah, yeah. I, this is what I really meant, but I don't have time to to get into that. We'll get into that in a second, obviously. But I mean, I think that's so interesting, right? So. Well, I, what I find interesting about this is that, yes, we, it's the first one that he, he, only one he explains this chapter, but I think you have to understand this one because if you don't understand this one, then the others won't even make sense. Mm-hmm. And he says that to them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he says that if you don't know this parable, how could you understand the rest? Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting because this is a very foundational par- parable um, and it has those five elements, right? It has the sower, right? mm-hmm. the seed, the soil, any, any, I, I, I like to notice things. All three of those start with S. Is there something there? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, then you have the burrs and the thorns, which doesn't start with S, so then that doesn't work. <laughs> but, um, well, they don't belong, right? It, so oh, look at you. It's kind of interesting. Hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> that, you're right. The sower, the seed, and the soil, they belong. The burrs and the thorns don't. But but I think there's another part there you guys haven't mentioned. I think the attitude surrounding the seed and the soil and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Like mm-hmm. if you see on verse 16, you see, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground. Of course, the one you said it doesn't belong. The ones who, uh, when they heard the word immediately, they received it with joy. So I think there's also a kind of an attitude that goes around yeah. the seed and the soil and mm-hmm. what's going on there. Yeah. So 
Uh, I think there's an extra element there that we don't usually talk about um, when it comes to to this aspect of the parable too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, some of the, what what I find interesting in this parable um, is that it talks about like those words, like it says, like it was by the wayside. Some 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 translation says the wayside, which means it's impenetrable, right? Mm. Then it was upon stony ground it's a super, mm-hmm. superficial type of ground right it was among the thorns mm. right it was it was preoccupied right things are preoccupied when it's among things mm-hmm. and then the lastly it was into good soil so the good soil is, is it falls into you so i i thought those those words that was used there was interesting by upon among and into mm. when you hear god's word how are you receiving it is yeah. it coming into you is mm. it coming by you is it going upon you, or are you just among it? Well, I, oh, I like that. I never thought it that way, actually, Danny. That's the first time I heard that, actually. I'm being honest here. I, I yeah. think that's that's powerful right there. Yeah. Um, uh, dang, I, yeah, you you just blow my mind in a sense. I, I, I never I never thought it that way. Uh, well, well it, I, I just, I yeah. you know, like I even talked about last week how important prepositions are, little words are, yeah. you know, sometimes you're so caught up on the soul and the and the seed and yeah. and the ground and and for me it's the attitude surrounding the whole idea and and really what this parable was what what this parable meant in a sense in, in the context of the kingdom of God what Jesus was trying to to preach here was trying to teach these these people is that you know uh, they were the the Jewish people were expecting the Messiah to come and to start this new big huge movement. And 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 the, so when people heard the words seed and sower and ground, they expected like the seed to get in any ground and just stake off. And Jesus was like, "Well, my kingdom. When I start the ministry, when I start this new kingdom, it won't be just like that because there'll there'll be resistance." in you yourself you resist is that what you mean by attitude around it yes because it sounds like you're like and it makes sense right that the people around him were riding the hype train mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you know i mean they were really hyping this up yeah and i could see that now because a lot of that happens in our society today right where we have a bit of presentism and we say oh there's something brand new out there uh you know what i <laughs> so i was at the dentist yesterday this is just and you know, I'm just talking to the guy. He's like, everything checks out, all good. I'm like, whew, you know, I got through another one. You know? <laughs> and uh, but he's like, you know, uh, there's this thing. It's just taking the internet by storm or whatever. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, Wordle. Wordle. <laughs> Wordle. Some kind of like five letters, and I may be pronouncing it wrong, but um, it's just so funny. So he's like telling me all about this, and again, I'm getting back to this present and about the things that just the hype goes through, right? I go out in the lobby, go see uh, Laura, you know. And I'm like, you, you know, I was getting ready to tell her about it. I looked down on her phone. She's playing Wordle right now. The word game. You yeah. have to guess the five letters. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, he's like, well, you know. Uh, You're being I, left out, man. Yeah, he's like, I got, I got, I, you know, it's a healthy competition between me and my wife. You know, we try to guess the word. And I was like, I got it in four guesses and you only got it in five. You know, um, you know, it's just kind of funny. But getting back to it, right, it's that, you know, these things can get hyped up, right? And. We don't really know, maybe even care sometimes, like what's behind it. And I wonder, you know, how, you know what I mean, how that attitude was. So going back to your attitude mm-hmm. comment there, right? Mm-hmm. Have the right attitude about the seed, the soil. 
right? Yeah. And the ground, or sorry, what was it? Then the sower, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, the three roles, right, that you got in that. But I think situation. one of the things that plays on the attitude is the expectation, right? Mm. The hype okay, is okay. so big. The yeah. hype is so big because the expectation. expectation is so high. Yeah. And so many times we have false expectations for things because we don't really understand what they are for. Yeah. Right, uh, like in the context of the parable, in 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 their first century minds, uh, for those who were waiting for the Messiah, which Jesus was claiming to be, they were expecting this kingdom to come in big ways, and Jesus was like, "Oh, your expectation is false because you don't understand what God is doing." Right. So let's, if you have a, a ear, pay attention. I, I'm trying to tell you. Mm. So, uh, so Jesus is trying to get to these people's mind. So to get into their heart so that they can lower down their expectations because their expectations are false. It's not because the, the, the God's word from Isaiah and Ezekiel and the prophets and the minor prophets did not tell them the right expectations, that they hyped up the expectations on themselves because of what they desired, not what God was actually bringing to them. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really good. I really like that context, and I think that's... Something that if you know if we had it on a Sunday morning, I don't you'd you'd be like everybody'd be lost, right? But in this medium right here, right, we can talk about that kind of context, and I really think draw it out and and make it more real, and it's definitely come you know full circle for me, you know, so far here. I like that. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me ask you guys this question here because we know we know this part was all about uh, sowing seeds and and planting, right? Yeah. And so, what are some obstacles for growth when you think about the parable and just even in your own experiences what are some obstacles for growth oh man the first word that comes to mind for me i don't know derek for you but it's fear i think fear is one of the biggest uh things that keeps us from from growing uh and then who fears fear something and i'll say fear of change i think yeah. that's one's the biggest thing mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, oh, one of the things that happens with the seed is that it goes in the ground and you don't know you do not know how it's germinating Mm. You don't not know the work of the seed inside of the ground. You can yeah. see the fruit, which is a little perk yeah. coming out of the ground. But you don't like... Now, of course, science, we can see microscope, <laughs> we can see... Nah, nah, nah. You know, if we go to a simplistic mind, first century, even in our lives today, because we don't know everything... And as soon as the change is introduced to us, something's introduced to us, we don't, like, I do not know how this is going to flourish. So I'm like, I'm resistant because we don't know what, how, how. so free yeah. of change for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a really good metaphor in the, it's just what a seed is, right? And if you go through what a seed is, it contains all the instructions to make something, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty interesting. God being this masterful designer, you know, he designs seeds. And then he gives us that nature, and you can learn a lot about his process by just, you know, going out there and planting some. And, and my kids will laugh, you know, whatever, you know. But I plant, I try to plant fifty trees a year in my yard. Okay. And uh, but how I get, many? Fifty, fifty-ish. That's um, cool. And it's just like my own personal goal. And it started uh -huh. during uh, the pandemic when I had, you know, several weeks to kind of contemplate life, you know, um, due to just everything that was going on sure, in the world, yes. right? Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the things I learned during that time was uh, when I started out planting trees, I was doing it all wrong. Mm. Um, I was actually digging slight holes to the surface, right? And when I dug a slight hole to the surface, it would hold all this water in it. And the tree would just get 
all soggy and it would die out, right? Mm-hmm. And I finally realized, like, I got to plant it. And then this is probably just like absolute child's play to anybody who's <laughs> actually got any experience. But I wanted to learn the hard way so that I'd never forget. Sure. Uh, so now I have like a tiller method because my ground is actually really like clay, right? It's super hard, hard as a rock. And so I till around it. And I say to myself, when I plant this thing, I don't know how it's going to work out. Mm. I hope. I pray, you know, in some respects, right, mm-hmm. that God gives me a nice yard that I can bless other people with, right? Uh, you know, but uh, I till like a three-foot diameter hole, and I get it really churned up. I throw some good soil in there. I try to mix it in with the clay a little bit because I don't want it to be too easy because what happens if you have peat moss? too fast. Well, it falls over, too. It falls over, yeah. You won't even get your roots, you know, and I think that's interesting here. And I don't know what we can learn about that. We got to have a little bit, you know, yeah. tough, you know. In there. Well, I like what you're talking yeah. about with the with the ground, right? With the soil, because I think it's interesting. We learn from this passage that there's differences in the soil, just like you talk about. Yeah. You got to prepare your soil, and uh, and there's there's four four different types of soil that he talks about in here. Mm-hmm. He talks about the the ones that are, that are hardened, right? People don't receive it. So think of soil here is is the heart. How is your heart when you when you mm-hmm. hear and receive God's word? I think the second one he talks about there's a lack of earnestness, there's a, and because of that we stumble, right? Yeah. And the third one is inadequate, right? The, the weeds were not extracted, so they were choked out. Yep. And then the last thing, the fourth one, is the good soil. But I think it's interesting. Even the good soil does not equally produce the same. Mm. Do you read that? Here's what it says. It says, and the seeds fell into good soil. Here's the thing: into it produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold. And sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Yeah, he said he always he has let them here. I think the potential of of us we are all sowers in a sense, right? <coughs> but God does the planting, God does the growing, God does the growing. Our job is to keep sowing, mm-hmm. right? And I think um, that that's what so, I like. So, so are this. you are you meaning on a personal level, <laughs> on the evangelistic level? Because if you if we are the sower and then yeah. we are throwing, then I am I I. I understand what you're saying. We gotta keep throwing, and it's gonna right. keep growing. If now, if we are not, if it's not evangelistic kind of a perspective, it's more of like receiving kind of perspective. Our hearts. Well, let's will, talk about will, that. Will, like what, what how is this? much? So that's okay. So that's what I was gonna say. This is what is scary because on verse fourteen says the sower sows the word. Yeah. So that's God's word. God's word. Yes. Right. We agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that's so that means that if what I said is true, that a, a, a seed goes into the ground and you don't not know what it's going to do. We you just know that it's going to do something, then how free you, you the freedom that the soil gives, let's assume that we are all good soil. Yeah. The freedom that we good soil give to the seed will determine how much the seed will give and how much it will not. And I think it is a great metaphor for Christian maturity. There are people in the church who has been sown the word, but they have not matured. They are Christians. Yeah. They're going to go to heaven. Uh, but their walk with Jesus is very um, limited. Uh, you could say it 30-fold. Right. When you know Versus that you can be a hundred-fold. Right. So that's what I was kind of yeah. leaning into. Well, and, and, and Let me... I, yeah, it's something's coming to mind, Sam, as you're talking about the heart and um, you know growing. And I think that you know when you're when you plant something, and this is something you can't see 
happening under the surface of the mm-hmm. ground, right? But I think this is fascinating. Sometimes I'll find a tree has a root, you know, many feet away. And you're like, that thing shot off in a certain direction. Sure. And I want to say, you know, kind of like we got, you know, the heart model here, right? Which is, you know, it's not, you know, we always learn in the Bible. We learn to extremes, basically. Somebody's got all oh, the softest heart and it's just so easy to get through to, to get through it and, and the hardest it. heart right they, oh they're like they're like Nebuchadnezzar or whatever right they're sure. just complete opposites but the reality is right is that we're somewhere in between and we have these hard and soft areas in our lives where the growth happens and we've got to get we hope I think in some respects we just got to get one root growing and that happened for me especially like I hard-headed in some ways like when I was growing up mm-hmm. in other ways I was completely soft right and when God found that particular avenue to grow, that's okay, right? And it then it gets root and, and it starts encourages the other areas yeah. to grow mm-hmm. too. Yeah, like right. and I think you're right about that. Not if, so. And here's one of the biggest lies we have been taught in the church is that maturity is holistic. Mm-hmm. In the end, yes. In the end, yes. But in our journey with Jesus, I don't think so. Yeah. I think there will always be one area of our life with Jesus where we're going to be strong. Yeah. And some of the areas we're always going to struggle. Yeah. Which I, which for me goes back to Paul's, like in my weaknesses, I recognize that. And, and, and in that, I am I'm weak, but that's when God comes around and makes me strong. And I think we need to recognize that perfection is not going to be get on earth. Maturity, complete Christian maturity is not going to be there. But... You have to find in you the will to allow the seed to grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 30 or 100 is up to you. And I think the, 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 the difference between 30 and 100 is how much of the supernatural power of God you feel in your, in your life. That, that's for me what it is. I don't know what would be for you guys, but for me it's like the more, the, the 100-fold will get a lot from God. A lot of responsibility too, a lot of challenge yeah. too, but a lot of of uh, of growth. So that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, there is a lot of potential, right? Oh yeah. And and I, I think that sometimes we just kind of maybe just get into the routine of life and maybe forget about that potential that God is. He wants to let loose in mm-hmm. us, you know, yeah. through whatever ministry that we're a part of, you know. Uh, you know, I, I like the host ministry and the fact that, you know, it's like, you know, uh, my tasks are very, uh, you know, like the, the tasks I got to get done are very like, you know, understood, right? I got to get the chairs out there. We got to do the communion. But what's really cool is that it gives you opportunities to grow your relationships with uh, people in the church family. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's the unintended consequences that God has kind of in store, you know, to draw us all together. And then we can start to reflect on whoa, man, that's, that person's really challenging my faith right here. And I think that's a, you know, that's a really good thing, right? And it challenges you to, to want to grow and, and get your roots out there more. And, but you don't know that if you're just kind of hanging back and you're disconnected, you're not going to, you just got to put yourself into some kind of situation where you're doing some work sure. for God. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit starts to show you, hey, you know what? Your roots really haven't been growing in this direction. And there may be a reason why. You know, you said fear before. I think that's a great one, right? Mm. Can I even do this? Oh, yes. 
could I is that even possible doubt, for doubt me to achieve? Big, that is a big thing. Yeah. So so yeah, and and I think the more you hear God's word, the more you be able to produce, which is kind of what we we're talking about. Which for me is what the second parable is about. Uh, and and I know, and maybe I'm I'm going outside of what you guys have been taught here a little bit about this parable. A lot of people has used the parable of the lamp under the ba- the basket to be a social justice thing, a justice thing. The measure that you use is the measure that'll be used towards you. And I have seen been using that in that way so many times, but I don't think that's what Jesus is not about justice here. That I think Jesus is what Jesus is doing has everything to do back with the parable before. Is that how much you? So when he says there, uh, pay attention to what you hear. The measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. Is the measure by which you listen to him? Because he says, if anyone has ear, let him hear. The more you hear. The more you get, the less you hear, the less you get. The measure that you're going to use by listening to God's word is the measure by which God's going to deal with you. Yeah, and I, you know, when I think about, um, you know, life and, you know, you, you kind of live your life out, right? And if your life wasn't limited, this would be a little bit more confusing. But this is not prosperity gospel to me personally, you oh, know, mm-hmm. where you're going to get rich and you're going to have all these cars and all these boats and all this stuff. And, you know, we, we hear that, right? I That's mean, how from this time to time. parable is taught a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, it, and, and I would say in some Christian circles, it's kind of like a muted thing. It's kind of like, well, you know, it's just kind of understood. You know, that's what's going to happen, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> when you get really up high in your faith. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, that stuff's not really promised to me. I don't know about you, but I never heard that one. Um, but I think it's that, hey, you know what? You had this potential and you waited to the end of your life and you could have like used that a lot, mm. but you waited to the very end to use it. And so you get to use it a little bit, but now you lose it because you know your chance is done on this earth, right? That's the way I think about it is that I've only got so much time before my body falls apart and then I get to be with Jesus, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I the like that. The clock's ticking. Are you right. are you are you focusing on priorities? Are you talk about a little bit of priorities? Like I I'm not prioritizing my time enough, so I'm wasting some of my life away. Yeah. Maybe I should be investing here and there. Right. Uh, you know, uh, some things that are important. So I don't know. As you're talking there, I, my mind went to priorities. I, I, there's a lot of us who, uh, on earth, that are just have so much potential. Yeah. God has so much for us. But we so we don't have priorities straight, so we just lose the time. And sometimes even what we used to have, we did nothing with it. So God is like, well, even what you used to have, you have no more because you just didn't do anything with it. Um, Amen. And, and I think that has to do with God's word. We have been given so much through God's word, and if you don't act upon even what, uh, what once you had, God was like, well, you didn't do nothing with it, so it wasn't ever important to you. What is your take, Danny? Well, when I when I read this 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 uh, section of the parable lamp under the basket, I noted that is the first time I've seen him say, "Pay attention." Uh-huh. What do you think he means by that? Like, if you really says, "If anyone has ears, let him hear." Now he's repeating that again because mm-hmm. he said that before. Because I think we need to have spiritual ears, and most of the times we don't. But then he said to them, "Pay attention to what you hear." Uh, that's some strong words. Pay attention. Like, if, if you're in class and the, teacher, and the teacher tells you pay attention, what does that mean? I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, you're pay in trouble. Attention. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> you're in trouble, right? Yeah, it has this trouble. connotation that you're in yeah. trouble. 
Yes. And I think here it's kind of like it's it's kind of prescriptive in the sense of hey, pay attention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you're gonna fall into some trouble here. You gotta pay attention to what I'm gonna teach you, what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, now we could say it was like well maybe he was already annoyed from having to explain the first one and he's selling this other one. And all this <laughs> so it's like hey, pay attention. This dummies here, like I can't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I always I always found that striking because I I I I truly believe that when we read the parables, we need to be paying attention. Uh, you know, because we need to have a, a spiritually alert heart and a hungry mind as well to mm-hmm. understand what is trying to be, what is what Jesus is trying to convey to us. Mm-hmm. And, and we know we learn things each and every time we read through stuff because you're always learning. And I think the parables were designed that way. So that way, he says, he who has ears at them here. And, and then in, in Matthew, he talks about the some of the secret has been revealed and some it hasn't. Mm-hmm. So I think we're still being like, as we read these things, we're we're learning more and more about what God wants for us. And it comes back to what you said earlier. We got to be spending more time reading and understanding what God has for us. Because then it kicks into the next parable. Mm -hmm. With the parable of the seed growing, right? There's three parables in here that talks about seeds. So God's trying to teach us something. He's trying to teach us something here about the seed, Mm -hmm. right? I like what you said earlier because I was thinking about every seed has potential, Mm -hmm. Right? How many times do, does our seed or the, or the seeds that we have of things that we're doing get cut out because we never give it anything to help it flourish? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I, I go back to this uh, this thing here in verse 24, right, where it says, with the measure you use. Mm. If you don't use it, well, we always hear this idiom in American culture. If you don't use it, you lose it. Sure. You ever heard that one? I mean, yeah. we've heard yeah, that use one it so many times, it, yeah. right? And I tell that to Daniel all the time about his muscles. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both way more buff than me, so um, you better start working out, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to catch up. Um, but you know, like I don't know. That's that's something that gives me pause because when you said, you know, pay attention to what you hear. You know, he just got done talking about hearing. You know, he's like, and then he hits it again on this mm-hmm. use part, and I think it kind of hangs all on that, and it goes into this growing part. So. Um, Anyways, something to think about as we go into this next part, right? Yeah, I, 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 you, I just, got, I, I don't think we have a lot of time more, but like, I just keep that word, the measure, the measure, measure mm. is a size, is a mm-hmm. sizable thing. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I, I bake in my house all the time. Like, <laughs> I make like cakes and, and all that stuff. Really? Uh, no. He does not make <laughs> No, you, you, I fooled you there. <laughs> you did fool me, man. No, no but I, I do know that anytime you're going to cook something, you gotta you have to measure. Is that the same word? Yeah. To measure, right? Measure, yeah. So, like, the amount of seed you use is the amount of seeds going to be used back. Mm. Right? Or whatever the metaphor would be that you use here, like... The more, the merrier, or the right is the what this the right amount is what you need. I mean, like I'm just like like a measure. You can't put too much, or it will be it's not well, gonna work. Yeah, if you I put mean, too little, it's not gonna work either. That's the right amount. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm stuck on it here. Maybe for it's a more like a rhythm, right? So you know, with growth, like you can't turn in Jesus overnight. 
just to be honest, right? Uh, Speak just, for yourself, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just but you know, joking. there's a there's a limit, right? Because the sun goes up and the sun goes down, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. you got to sleep, mm-hmm. and you can't exhaust yourself yep. trying to like you know become everything, uh, you know, to God overnight. I mean, it just <laughs> it's just not built that way, right? And that's not the way seeds grow either. You don't just put it in the ground and then it like pops the up the plant tomorrow. Be, yeah. But let me tell you something. What I think is funny is my kids thought that that was true. You know? Oh, you just put it up and next day? Well, we plant some seeds and then they come out the next day and like, where's watermelon? <laughs> <laughs> I thought there's supposed to be watermelons out here. <laughs> Dude, you're... I need to cut you here because that's exactly what people in the church thinks of Christians. You yeah. gave your life to Jesus today. Yeah. Tomorrow, you must have a halo around your head oh. and be wearing a white robe yeah. and flying around because you became a saint. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it makes and sense. And it's like, what, whatever happened with the process of growth? Yeah. Where the seed sits there yeah. for how long does the seed... Yeah, sanctification is a process. It's not a one step. Yeah. Anyways, we gotta move on though. There's Amen so much that. there. I mean, yeah, there's so you know, much there. It makes me upset <laughs> because people. Should be watermelons. Here. Be, you know, yeah, you put. <laughs> uh, growing up, we did those kind of uh, experiments, science experiments yeah, in yeah. Brazil. We put co- cotton. Was it cotton? The uh-huh. white cotton. Cotton. Yeah. You put a little uh, seed there and put oh yeah, water, yeah. Okay. You know, and waited there. Yeah. We would have put dirt there. We the teachers use uh, cotton. 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 Cotton, whatever the word is. C-O-T-T-O-N. Yeah. Cotton. Yeah. And uh, that's how we would grow. And so we would be there every day. Where is it? Where's the beans? Where's the beans? And the beans will never come up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I mean, it takes time. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that, you know, finishing up on the measure thing, right? It, it takes the right amount of expectation and not too little expectation of what God's going to do. Not too much expectation of what God's going to do. The right amount of expectation. The right measure mm-hmm. of what he's going to do, right? Yeah. And then you use that, right? And that way you're not you're not feeling like too heavy about it, right? I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Be like, you're gonna you're gonna be this amazing leader, you know. Fast forward 20 years, or most, you know, I don't want to say most, but uh, you know, like Moses, you know, he wasn't some young guy out there, you know. Oh, to, took think, a little while. Yeah. Abraham took think a little about while. Paul. Paul, he converted, and then he went yeah. to walk in the desert for few for few years with yeah. Jesus to learn a few things. Yeah. Galatians tells us. So, yeah. nobody, we have to award people the journey with Jesus yeah. for sanctification. Yeah. We can't expect people to give their life one day and the next day. And that to be producing miracles. Yeah, and it, we should give them the grace, right? Yeah. Obviously, like mm-hmm. that should inspire grace in us to to remember that they're where they're at, you know, as a disciple, you mm-hmm. know, where they're at in their journey, and you know, challenge them appropriately. <laughs> I would say, don't be too rough on somebody. You know, that's yeah. To me, I think I think you mentioned that word disciple. Then we haven't touched on that yet specifically, and I think that's what all these parables are kind of building upon is that discipleship process mm-hmm. right that mm-hmm. disciple how are you being discipled how, how is your soil mm-hmm. how, are, how are you using the, the, the measure that's been measured to you mm-hmm. and then it kind of goes on the seed keeps growing what, what I like about that in this parable this, the parable of seed keeps growing is that it shows that the seed is the most important thing mm-hmm. not necessarily the soil right the soil is important it needs good soil but God's word the seed is important and, and it shows us that God's word works invisibly in our lives. It says that 
It says that the kingdom is, is a scattered growing city. He sleeps and rises and then the seed sprouts and grows. Mm-hmm. So even in the invisible, God is working. And we talked a little bit about that. We touched on that. We sing a song, uh, even when we don't see you working, you never stop, you never stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Waymaker. Oh, yeah. Don't okay. sing, please. Don't <laughs> sing. <laughs> I was about to say, I can't <laughs> sing. People are like, wow, what's he saying? But we do sing a song that says, even when we don't see you working, yeah. you never stop, you never stop yeah. working. God's always yeah. working. God's word's always yeah. working, even when you don't see it working. And, and it's, you're right, it's invisible. I love that, Danny. Yeah. Thank you. Dude, we're in the middle of the winter right now. I mean, this is so appropriate, right? There's so much going on underground. Oh, man. We don't even think about it, man. It's it's all there. And I actually, I do this as a comfort to myself, right? I got all these trees, right? I told you that earlier. In the winter? Nothing happens in trees. the ground in the winter. I'm not planting right now, but I'm looking at my trees and I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't wait till you come back to come life to again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know you're still alive, right? Yeah. yeah. How do I know that? I just have to believe it's true. I'm not going to go dig them all up, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, a huge that, waste of time. That, <laughs> It sure. is unnecessary it's work. Unnecessary, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, oh man, we're with this podcast will be like three hours. <laughs> like I'm telling you, there is a, a a lot of Christians. Instead of acting in faith, and allowing the process to take place, as soon as they see winter coming, they're digging the roots out to save the tree, and yeah. actually, what they're doing is killing it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Does yeah. that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you see difficulties coming your way, instead of believing that God has your back, that He's for you, not against you, you yeah. are digging up the roots, yeah. Yeah. setting up shop, and moving on under the, putting the, the tree in the basement because you think in the warmth of the basement you're gonna keep that tree safe. Well, actually, yeah. in reality, the best place to be it's outside in the ground mm-hmm. with snow all over it. You don't understand how it will come to life, yeah. but you just have to trust it. You gotta trust through that season, right? And it, it, that's what it takes. I mean, you gotta just know that the next season's coming, that this season will end. I mean, that's the only way I'm getting through the day right now. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, I, you know, oh, day's getting about one minute longer today. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, that does not encourage me very much, actually. <laughs> but knowing that summer's gonna be here eventually, and I'm gonna be like sweating like crazy because I'm a summer baby. Um, you know, it, it keeps me going, right? Um, um, we we are both summer babies. <laughs> and well, I, I love the heat. I love the yeah. heat. I did not grow up in Brazil. I grew up in Southern Ohio, but I love the heat just as much as you do. Amen, well, bro. maybe not just as much yeah. as you, do, but no, we, we're it's close. It's close. Yeah. So so let's go to the mustard seed. So uh, what about the mustard seed there? I mean, many has been said about the mustard seed. Uh, you know, you can control the growth of the kingdom, and the kingdom is going to grow. Uh, people, once again, in the context, were like expecting this kingdom to just be crazy big. Isaiah talks, Isaiah and Ezekiel, I believe, talks about how the kingdom of God would be like a uh, a big tree providing shade and rest for birds and for people. And so they expected this you know, the idea is that the kingdom of God would come, would blossom huge and would protect and save many people. And Jesus is like, ah, it's more like a mustard seed that you can see it and it grows into a bush. A little anticlimactic, huh? <laughs> it's like they're waiting for this cedar tree with this huge thing going up. And it's like, ah, it's like this little seed and then it, and it turns into a bush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Can you can you unpack that a little bit for me? Like, why would he make that particular metaphor to, about the birds or the air can make nests in the shade? I mean, who? 
<laughs> Isaiah is there something talks that about I should that. be grasping that more? Like I'm Isaiah talks about that. that. Now you press me to to know exactly what the passage Isaiah and Ezekiel. Those are those are uh, the the prophecies of the kingdom would come from that the, the, the would be like a cedar uh, tree that um, would host host all these people for all these animal or people for rest. Um, um, for prosperity. Um, so maybe rest meaning like also just peace. You'd find peace in the fact that there's a kingdom of God. And I mean, I find peace in you know, all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. I would say that that gives me, you know, and I know for you guys as well, right? But that gives us peace, you know, and place to kind of maybe make a nest of sorts. I don't know. Is that kind of what it, it means? Yeah. Like what Jesus is trying to do here. So like, so what Jesus is trying to do here is trying to want to down, to down, down their expectations for what they have hyped up to do, which we were mm. talking about. The, yeah. the, 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 the mustard tree is like it says the bigger in the yard, but it's not the bigger, the biggest tree around. It's mm. about five, I think it, it, so it's five not, feet. I think is what yeah, it, 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 it is like a bush. big. It is big. Yeah. It's like a bush, but yeah. it's a bush where birds can put because yeah. they were the the expectation like they were thinking that this this Messiah would be like this. Yeah. No, think about Saul back in the Old Testament. Think about the big warriors. You talk about these yeah. great big right. wars that we had like back in the day, right. and he's gonna come and he's gonna be on his horse, and we're gonna it's gonna be an army coming behind him. It's not only be an arm an army of people, but be an army of God. Right? Many times in the Old Testament. The Israelites defeated to the kings, read the kings. The Israelites defeated a lot of their enemies with little less than ideal number of people. So the army of God, the angels of God show up in many times, confuse the armies. So they're thinking like, man, when the Messiah come, it would put the Old Testament battles into shame. He, Caesar won't be able to even see it coming. When the Messiah come, it's going to be like this huge catastrophic thing for the for the pagan world but it's a beautiful thing for us and it, it was spiritually was in Jesus was for why it matters to God it was the death and, and the life death and resurrection of Jesus was this climatic thing which the enemy was defeated completely but their expectations were different than what God's expectations were for them so for them, what Jesus did would be like the seed. So Jesus is speaking in their language, like you guys expecting this, but what you see it, you would think is like a mustard seed with a little bush, with you know. But the bush will still host people, will still host birds, will still be able to do its thing. Uh, but for you, it's gonna be like a mustard seed bush thing. But for the kingdom of God, man, is a huge thing. You will grab, you grasp at the right time. Which they didn't have at the time. Do I make sense what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I think about you know. I keep thinking about the the concept of humility, you know, um, versus the rest of the world. And he's gonna humble the rest of the world with this humble little mustard seed bush, right? So I keep thinking like on the global scale, trying to trying to make you know. I would say make this relevant for today's world. You know, it's like there's so many great structures on Earth. You know, you've got all these giant buildings. You've got technology stacks you get all these things out there right mm-hmm. just you know electric cars whatever it is right you know these are kind of the monuments that we make to ourselves as humanity right and yes. here is this humble little mustard bush small little tree and 
yet it's like density is, you know, it's really dense. Like we're all there. We're all concentrated around that. And, you know, and he's going to use that to humble the world still, right? Jesus is coming back, right? Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. he comes back, that the, the humility will be complete at that point, right? And they'll see how this little mustard, you know, Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. I, I think the human mind say the bigger, the bigger the blast, the bigger the impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and and that Jesus was like, mm, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. right. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, I I don't I won't need a big blast to make a big impact. Right. Uh, and and I think that's the idea here. It's like you're expecting this huge thing, this clim- climatic thing, the whatever the word is. It's going to just come in, boom. And just like, mm. for you, what I'm going to do is going to look like a mustard seed. It's going to be so little insignificant, but I'm, let me tell you, it's going to impact the world yeah. tremendously. And, and, and look at this first century. We are, what, over 3,000 years later. And uh, we are here sitting talking about the little mustard seed of the kingdom of God that was planted long ago. Uh, through Jesus and is still expanding itself over throughout the whole entire world. Yeah. Um, I was reading the other day. There is uh, how many billion people has become a Christian throughout the centuries? I do not know that statistic. Oh no! I mean, we, I, you can't know. I mean, oh, okay. You, you, <laughs> I, you gonna, I literally <laughs> thought he was going to ask me. No, <laughs> no, it's eight point two. No, it's sixteen point four. I'm like, I have I mean, no idea. <laughs> I mean, so let's say there's two thousand and twenty-one years after Jesus. Yeah. Let's assume that that's specifically how many people through the two thousand two. I mean, I think that's have accepted Jesus, gave their life to Jesus, and yeah. were part of the kingdom of God. Like. You can't quantify no. how the how big the kingdom of God has yeah. been yeah. and will continue to be for generations to come, right? You just can't. Like uh, Israel was the the, the, the the Israel was the the Jews were the thinking the chosen people were thinking it would be about the kingdom, right? In the first century, uh, you know, and then the the nation was just continuing to, like just like if you think about one nation, I'm thinking about the whole entire world. Right. 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 Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I like this parable because it it shows us that we can discredit or discount the small things. I think in in the oh, in the context of when awesome. of when he was teaching this, he used the metaphor of the smallest thing that they could think possible. And at that time, it was the mustard seed. Mm-hmm. So he's taking something that for them it's like, what in the world? This just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like it's even possible, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we know. With God, all things is possible. Yeah. So I think he's kind of playing on them a little bit here. Like, he's, listen, I'm going to take the smallest thing that you could think of, and I'm going to show you how big it's going to get. Uh, and we are the product of that today, right? Mm-hmm. Of that tiny mustard seed yeah. that has grown, 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 grown. And I think um, that's what I like about this. This whole this whole, this whole parable of mustard seed is about Christianity and the growth of Christianity. Yeah. Oh, how, yes. And You're how, right. How it, how it, and to me, that's... That's how I, I kind of interpret that. I really enjoy what you guys have on that. But hey, capping off this uh, this this chapter, we're going to talk about a storm, you know? Lead us, Danny. What, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, I think um, it's interesting because we, we always we always say, man, Jesus is sleeping in the boat. Like, why is he sleeping? Okay. Can I tell you a funny story about that? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just... <laughs> You know, I like, for watermelon seeds. No, no, no. 
you know I like Enneagram, you know, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's Hey, interesting. talking about that, let's prep them. We have an Enneagram sermon series coming up sometime soon here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. I know it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, no, it's just, it, you know, it's not not a biblical reference or anything, but some people think that, you know, Jesus was a type nine because he was always trying to, like, you know, take a nap or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I thought that was interesting, but, you know, obviously, like, um, yeah, I'm going to let Danny get back to it, you know, but no, I just no, thought no, that no. was I, something that was interesting about it. No, I think I think it's important for us to understand that because we see Jesus' humanity in this, oh. right? Because if you think about it, he all the way through the chapter, he's traveling, he's preaching, he's teaching, He's healing people. He's teaching them. The guy's got to get tired, man. Dude, that's exhausting. As it's an exa- introvert, exactly. I'm exhausted. He's, he's tired. Yeah, yeah. He's tired. Like, about it. <laughs> we try to read all this stuff and like, oh, he's tested him. No, I think he was tired. Yeah, yeah. I think he was just tired. He's yeah. taking a nap. What do you do when you're tired? I take a nap. I, I take a nap. I, I drink a little wine first. No, uh, the the I I yeah I, I never put in the context. Then like Jesus was been teaching these guys, explaining the whole thing the whole time, and then out of a sudden it's like, oh man, I got a break here. I got I got rest. The the amenity of Jesus is definitely being displayed here for sure. Yeah, you are hundred percent right. Well, I think I think it's very because we hear he's on his boat teaching. So like, yeah, the twelve are with him, but they're resting. They're yeah. they're doing their thing. Yeah. They're Jesus he's he's the he's the man on stage. He's the man on the boat teaching, teaching, teaching. There's no break for him. Mm-hmm. So when they're traveling to the next town now, it's, it's it seemed logical that he, he rests. Well, you know, think about it too, like, okay, you you know, you wait until your early thirties to start doing your ministry. And you know, you're hundred percent hundred percent man, hundred percent God, right? Mm-hmm. You're you you know the plan. Right? You have three years to get it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I think it's like, okay, I do need to take care of my body right now. However, I also don't want to waste this moment, right? Mm, mm. And so, I mean, you know, if, if you've got that, you know, connection to the Father like Jesus does, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, I, it, it's interesting to me to think about how he's not going to waste a moment. No, right? you're right. You know, I want to throw you guys a curveball. I don't know if you have thought about it. I got people. my baseball yeah. back. Got I got my Louis. I'm ready for that. It's a I, I, I Sam Rose's signature curveball. So, so here's yeah. the thing: the disciples of Jesus, Jesus in the bottom of the boat, the storm breaks through, and they are afraid. The texts really demonstrate that in many different ways. Would their mind have? Would their Jewish mind? Would they have thought of Jonah? Well, so, uh, <laughs> like, oh, hey, 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 I, I have a story here in the past where there was yeah. a guy in the basement of a boat, and we had to actually <laughs> throw him out of the, <laughs> out of the water. Hey, no, that's, I didn't so think of that. I didn't think about that one because with him sleeping in the bottom of the boat because I was going to go back to, I was reading a little bit like winds and it wasn't like a storm, storm it was a wind. And, and wind. So, so let me cut it for a second. You can finish. Yeah, yeah. Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, is known today to be a windy city. People say that if they don't park cars by the sea because a wind may come and drop the sea into uh, the car into the sea. The yeah. So, so that's where I was going because of that happens frequently. Mm-hmm. That why would they not think like, oh, this is just, oh, this is just a normal. We just gotta, we just gotta hold through. We mm-hmm. just gotta, we gotta make it to. You know where we gotta go. This this happens all the time, guys. It goes away. But hey, I'm gonna play into that. I think I think you might be leaning on something there with with the Jonah thing. 
<laughs> I, I mean, that, that, I don't that, know. That, I, I just I mean, it, it's about, good. It's good parallelism. It's good. <laughs> that, that's what I was trying. Yeah, to, yeah. That's what I was thinking with my head yeah, here. Yeah. I was like, oh man, these guys had have a story that they have been told their whole lives, and I'm sure as a fisherman, uh, you know, the I'm sure stories have been told. Parents do this all the time, right? Be careful who you put on your boat because a storm may come. <laughs> so be careful with your friend of yours. Yeah, oh, that's L- interesting. Little okay. Johnny over there. So maybe little they're all Johnny. asking each other, like, uh, what'd you do? <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what, I see that. I don't know. I'm, I'm playing. Because I'm, I'm that's here. a major we, component of it, right? Jonah actually knew what he did, right? Mm-hmm. He knew he was on the run, right? And he was avoiding something and, you know... Um, you know, I think that's uh, kind of an interesting aspect that you got to bring in there. And so you probably at that point, maybe that's the part where they're like, they're getting fearful. It's like, oh man, somebody on this boat's yeah. done something wrong. <laughs> Were you there? Oh, <laughs> Who was it? What did you do, boy? Yeah, right. Can you go downstairs and pray about it and come back? Yeah. I did and it didn't work out. Oh, dang it. Who is it, Danny? Or did you go pray about it? Yeah. And then Danny go down there and then probably they went through all the disciples. They're like, we have prayed us forgiveness and these storms still around. <laughs> go, okay, Jesus, he did something. They may have done that, yeah, because they didn't want to bother the guy, right? I mean, yeah. think about it. I don't know how you, you know, show that deference to your rabbi. You but I mean, cast I, lots up there in the upper deck? I would say if I was in that situation, I mean, this is a fun game sometimes I play, mm-hmm. but I would say if I was in that situation, I would not, waking the rabbi up would not be my first choice. I don't really know this guy. Yeah. I'm just getting to know him. We were just on this mountaintop. He just picked me. Everything's going great. And all of a sudden, I got this storm on my hands, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm going to try to solve it myself somehow, but isn't that funny how we... You know, we kind of do that. We try to oh, yeah. it, you know. So, and and I like when they say, "Teacher, you do not care that we are perishing." I do say, uh, I, I do, I do think about when we think about storm, storms of life, or storm of like we usually identify storm with what, with evil, right? Evil things going around yeah. us, like usually trials that's uh, and trials and temptations, and is is usually an evil thing that's going on, and. And I think that's that's exactly what's going on. It's like there is this evil around us here, Jesus, and and we need a protection. And, and you seem not to care. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you seem not to care? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that's why I, at times uh, Jonah didn't seem to care right away. Uh, it took Jonah a little bit of while for him to be like, okay, I'm the problem. If you throw me into it, into the storm, into right. the evil, I'll you be saved. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, in a sense here, uh, I mean, I'm playing here. I'm not sure that this is what's going on. I'm yeah, just yeah, paralyzed, no, you know, yeah. just talking here, you know. Yeah. But I think in, in a sense, uh, Jesus is like, okay, I'll be your Jonah too. I'll throw myself into it. Be still. And everything is like, calm down, you know. Yeah. Um, as if Jesus has the power to calm the evil that is all around them and all around us uh, by giving of himself into it, which is a parallel for me also in a sense of what he did in the cross. Oh, yeah. He threw himself into the storm to to save us. Well, I the... think too is it's a very reasonable demonstration of the power that he wields, right? And, and I think that's, uh, if you look at it from God's perspective, it's like, you know, I've got to show these people that I just picked, you know, you know, via Jesus, 
right? I mean, that's really what's happening here. It's all kind of, you know, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, then I'm going to show them a little window into what I can do and do it in a reasonable way. And I think that's interesting about this passage, you know, that, you know, it's going to scare them a little bit, but it's not like there were green lights and they were floating all around. You know, it wasn't some weird thing. You know what I'm saying? It was just like a yeah. normal thing. And he's like, you know... So I like um, what you I like what you mentioned because it had me thinking about this right because as I'm thinking about this passage and it says here towards the end he says he said to them why are you so afraid have you still no faith and they were filled with great fear and they said to one another who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him if if Jesus if you're walking with Jesus we always try to give the we always give the disciples a hard time like you're walking with the guy how do you not know who he is mm-hmm. but we if we study Mark. Peter doesn't profess who he is until chapter 8. So there's a progression of knowledge and knowing and learning that has to happen, right? And I think what you're hitting on there is like, I'm going to give you a little taste of what Mm -hmm. it is. And I think what we see here is that progression. Like we immediately think that when he called them the first day, they were all bought in. But I don't think that they were. I think they were, I mean, they believed, they were walking with him, but their their mind was trying to process and reconcile all these things. Because like you said, they're thinking of the kingdom as this way. But here's this guy coming and teaching them and showing them things in a whole different way that they're not expecting it to be. And so that, so they're progressing and they're learning. And I think we as well, when we when we see people come to church, especially new new people who come to church for the first time, we expect them like, you gotta believe Jesus is the He is He is the Savior right away. But there's a progression yeah. of learning and growing, and everyone's on that journey on their own. And, and we see here Peter will be the first to profess who Christ is in chapter 8. But I think this kind of gives us a glimpse into these guys learning. And, and, and that's why, because they're talking to us, who is this guy? Even the wind and the sea obey him. They're, they're learning. We shouldn't, we look at this something and we read it and we kind of automatically want to shame them. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like, what? But I think I see it as these guys are learning. They're, the, the, the mystery is being revealed pieces of the puzzle started to come together yeah. and I think we'll see that as it plays out. That, that's how I kind of read yeah, that's, that part. That's I great. Yeah, and, I really like and that. I think you're right on, Danny. You, Jesus couldn't reveal himself all, himself all at once. They wouldn't be able to stomach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Small bites. The but difference it, it between is. the transfiguration and that scene. Oh, well, right there, right? We, Contrast. We, <laughs> we, we, as a staff, uh, as a staff, we're, we're reading the book of John. And in the book of John, Jesus, he portrays Jesus giving a little bit of too much of information to the disciples right away. And a lot of people start to fall away right away mm. because they're just, Jesus just giving too much. Yeah. Right? It comes to a point there that Jesus is talking about stuff. People are like, <laughs> in the world, these guys. I'm not sure I want that. I don't want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, he's like, you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And you, right, right. and people are like, why in the world? We don't do that kind of stuff. We he uses do. metaphors, everybody. That, uh, that, don't worry about that's it. That's exactly what it is. So, <laughs> we got to get out of here. But, but, <laughs> so so people, people sometimes, and it's, it's true in the 21st century, yeah. uh, we, we go back to that word for me today has been, I don't know why today that word has been highlighting my mind this morning expectation I expected mm. too much from people who are just getting to know Jesus yeah. you know um, an atheist walks into the church and he's supposed to live that sermon as Paul preaching the gospel and 
dissecting the whole word of God. We don't want to give that guy a journey with Jesus where he's starting asking questions. And he's like, I don't believe this. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to. Give a little time and the seed yeah. will develop itself yeah. in you and then it will grow. I, I love that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's good, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as you, you know, as you're, as we're closing out here, right, it's just like, remember that, you know, you got the sower, you got the seed, you got the ground. You got to remember there's the water. We got to be watering, you know, each <laughs> other, right? And, and really helping that growth, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it takes patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let Love me know. Solid. Hit me up directly if, uh, if you have ever planted something and it hasn't required patience, right? <laughs> uh, let me know. Where's the watermelon? <laughs> yeah. Where's, the Where's watermelon? my watermelon? Right. And yeah, that's and I, I love that you brought an expectation today because like that's the you know the hype and all these different things is like whoa, just I mean Jesus is kind of like just chill. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna work out. Yeah. Right it would be my I don't know my phrase to take away from this chapter, which is I've really yeah. enjoyed this today, guys. This yeah, has I mean, been great, and, and I hope I mean, we can keep going. I, this is going to be one yeah. of our longer one, but as it you know, we hate to say it, all good things must come to an end. That's true. That's but, true. Um, but why don't we just go around real quickly and just share briefly? Um, what is your take? What is going on here? What is your takeaway from this? Cha- what is your takeaway from this chapter? Uh, me first or what? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm 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 still stuck on the these um, expectations that we have a church for people. The so no 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 the expectation we have to God towards His work in the hearts of people. Mm. We That's don't good. give people room to grow, and we don't give God a room to work. We have this high expectation based on our own desires and we think God must fulfill them right here and right now and I see that in the in the life of parents I see that in the life of husband and wives I see that in the lives of pastors to their congregation or the congregation to their pastor between friends this is what I want you to be this is how I want you to be it and I want you to be it now right as parent, you look at your kids and you say, I want you to be this way, that way, right here and right now. My son is just turning 16 years old today and there's high expectations. Mm. Maybe I need to lower it down. As a pastor, you have high expectations for people and maybe I need to lower it down. Allow God to work in the hearts of people the way he wants to. Because after all, it's not my word, it's his word. Uh, so that that has been stuck with me today. I think I'm gonna ponder through the day throughout too, with that. Yeah, and uh, I'll share mine, and I'll let Derek kind of wrap us up, giving us the bookend on this. Uh, I I like this this chapter because Jesus was demonstrating all that he was doing in the first couple by doing the miracles and stuff like that, doing things, and here he switches to a teaching narrative where he the, where mm. the parables start, mm. and I think a lot of times for me, sometimes we gotta watch and see how things play out before we could start to really go through the process of learning and growth. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think of that, and, and you mentioned expectation, I think I like that too as well, because when when, when we take this from an evangelistic approach, we got to recognize that people need to come and listen and watch mm-hmm. and observe some things first before they can truly start to learn. And, you know, I think that's kind of how, how I see it, in at least this reading and this going through. So that's kind of what I, and, and then also recognizing the expectations. So Derek, put us, give us your closing thoughts. Good stuff, man. guys. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the thing that I, I think is probably somewhere in between both of what you guys have said, which is, you know, number one is, are we holding too high of expectations for our own growth? You know, and so we we look at other Christians, and I know I had this characteristically when I was growing up, was that I'd look at other Christians and I'd say, wow, they're just like a super Christian. You mm-hmm. know, you'd have these different tiers of Christians yeah, out there, yeah. right? And you're like, oh, I can never get there. And, that, and that's a surefire way of letting the devil win in your life, right? Um, I agree. You know, and that's where expectation can be flipped the other way. Of course, the staff's got expectations. You know, they, they want to uh, do God's work and they want to grow the church because that's what they've been, you know, commissioned to do, right? Mm-hmm. We've all been there, you know, but it, you, you get what I'm saying. Like, uh, it's your daily job, right? And um, the other one is that I need to find a place to put my measure to use, wow. right? So in yeah. the church, and I think that's one thing our church does really well is that, like, when I got here, it was like, go do the host ministry. And I'm like, how do you do it? You'll figure it out. <laughs> and I want to say that to any, really any ministry, if your heart is in it, if you if you have this purity of heart that, you know, you come to the task and you want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. you, God will do that work through you. And you will, as long as you have this openness for, you know, some instruction of, Hey, I don't think you should be, uh, you know, I don't know, putting the chairs upside down in the sanctuary. It doesn't really work very well. Mm-hmm. As long as you can take that, like, you know, that feedback from somebody who's like, look, I just want to have a good church service today. And you realize, like, this is for Jesus. It's not because of how it makes me look or anybody else look. Um, then you're going to use your measure wisely. Mm-hmm. And you're going to grow that, right? And I think that's where your expectations are going to come in line. Other people's expectations of you are going to come in line. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of calibrate, but I think yeah. so many times we just sit on the starting line and we're like, oh, if it would just just rain the right way or if the wind <laughs> would just blow the right way. I mean, I know I could get this kite to take off or I know I could just get going here, right? And and, and that is a sure, that's that's how the devil works, isn't it? He yeah. like makes it such a big deal in our mind. Yep. And we've got to just realize that God just put us in the soil, you and, know, and we got to grow. Yep. However we can. Yeah. You know, so thank you guys. Like this has been great for me, uh, just to be able to to talk this through with you. I mean, I you know I, I learned a lot today from you guys. Man, you you teach us a lot today too, man. I really appreciate you, Derek. I appreciate your servant, uh, you know, the way you serve at DCC and your leadership here. I'm thankful for your life, man, and I, I'm really excited that um, you were able to join us today. And appreciate you, man. It's my pleasure. Yeah, t- tell us again what's the name of your podcast. Oh, it's a it's a wonder tour. Um, so what is that about for in, in the uh, you know it's just it's, it's you know I think me and my uh, my friend uh, drew we just try to find uh, you know um, basically you know examples out there lessons from our favorite stories so it just could be a movie you watched where we like Star Wars a lot um, <laughs> but uh, just being magnanimous uh, out there in the world so um, you know and, and just trying to have magnanimous leadership which is a, a giving and a kind leadership um, oh, that man. we can be Christians out there in the world and not necessarily hit them over the head with the Bible. Sure. But uh, maybe try to open some hearts. Um, so so if you need a little leadership lesson in, in the biblical way without hitting people with the Bible in their heads. <laughs> to not not, your, not your choice number one. Yeah, yeah that's not that. my first I, I uh, plan of action. <laughs> I, I think we're never called to hit people with the Bible in their heads, but uh, yeah. to be wise and to share God's word in a way that's uh, relevant to them. So, yeah, check uh, Derek out and his friend uh, on their podcast. 
I don't know. What else? Are we... well, that's it. That's it for chapter four. We're so thankful that you guys keep joining us and going through the series with us. This one's a little bit longer, but hopefully it was enjoyable all the way through. Chapter five next week. Looking forward to it. Um, as we all say here before we go, be blessed. Be blessed. Have a good one, guys.